Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is episode 32 with Sarah Khan. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. absolutely loved this episode it was just like two siblings from africa chatting um sarah is american but she she's living in uh, cape town south africa right now so i got a glimpse of what it's like living in, in southern africa um and you know she talked about the different cities in cape town what it's like being a travel writer and freelance writer she also gave some tips and she talked about the nuances between going in and out of being Indian, American, and South African. So enjoy the episode, drop your comments, do all those things, and take a listen. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me the lovely Sarah Khan. She's a freelance writer, traveled to over 40 countries. She was born in Canada. Uh, she's essentially a modern-day nomad, and she's got a lot of adventures in all these countries. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Uh, the pleasure's all mine. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure. Um, you kind of covered some of the highlights. I was born in Canada, and then I grew up um, between Canada, Saudi Arabia, India, and a few different places in the U.S. And um, I was in the States for a while, but now I live in South Africa. So I've kind of been around. Um, and I am a journalist. I've been doing um, newspaper and magazine writing for a, about a decade now, actually. And so now that I've moved to Cape Town, I am a freelance writer, and I'm doing travel writing for American publications from here. Okay. And, is there, and so when, when you say freelance, obviously you're doing for several publications. Is there any particular one that you, that you really enjoy? 
Um, well, I used to work at Travel and Leisure Magazine in New York, so it's been great to kind of be able to stay writing a little bit for them here and there. And then um, some of my favorite clips have been from the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Um, yeah, so it's been a good mix of publications. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I, out of all the countries you, you've been to, what drew you to Cape Town? Um, I think it's probably the oldest story in the book, a guy. <laughs> I was here on vacation, and I uh, met someone. Um, but I will say, even before I met him, I was like, Cape Town is actually the first place I've been to in a long time that I really could see myself living in. Um, I just really immediately had this kind of cosmic connection with the city, but um, it wasn't a place that I would have probably left my family and friends from New York and Boston and just picked up and moved on my own. It, that would have been a bit drastic, but you know, meeting the guy on my last night on the trip, that definitely helped move things along. It was good motivation. Girl meets boy, falls in love, and moves to Cape Town. Basically, <laughs> no. So I mean, it definitely it definitely sounds good. It's sort of the same uh, relationship I had with New York because you know mine was a very intentional move. So I you know I, I decided I was going to quit and come here for my MBA, and boom, I was here. So yeah, the cosmic relationship. Okay, so if I were to ask you what your favorite country would be, it's that is it going to be South Africa then? Why would you ask me that? You should know better than to ask that. That's like the hardest question to answer. Um, Since it's the hardest question, I'm just going to say, Sarah, what's your favorite country? Okay. <laughs> um, South Africa is definitely up there. Obviously, I, I, I fell in love with the country before I even fell in love with the guy. But um, I love being American. It's I think it's always going to be a big part of who I am. And um so, yeah, I think maybe, and then I love India. I don't know. I can't answer this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. If I were to narrow it down to city, would you be able to pick a city, or is that even worse? That, no, I can, I, for city, I would do it's a cross between Cape Town and New York. Um, okay. I mean, I'm, I love my seven years in New York, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I don't feel like I want to live there anymore, so I don't have that kind of I miss it feeling. Um, but I still feel like it's the greatest city in the world. And so, yeah, New York and Cape Town can fight it out for that for me. Okay, all right. New York and Cape Town. All right. Well, okay, since you said America is always going to be part of you, what do you identify yourself as then? Um, I guess first and foremost American because that is how I stick out in Cape Town too. I mean, as much as it feels like home, I also – I'm the American. My accent, like immediately people are like, oh, where are you from? What are you doing here? Mm. Um, and I think, like I said, it's, it's my formative years and, you know, the biggest part of my identity was formed there. And, you know, I, I'm – I travel a lot, and it's always got that big blue passport wherever I go. So I think um, American, but Indian American with moving into South African, I guess. <laughs> okay, so you know, since you were Indian American, did you always, ha you know, identify with the Indian customs and traditions growing up? Uh, were your parents always telling you, you know, uh, you know, we guys are celebrating that in in America, or did you go to yeah, India definitely. for that? Yeah, It's um, being kind of first generation. It's a huge part of your identity, and in my family especially. And I, grew, like I said, I lived there for a little while when I was younger. Also, I grew up visiting there once or twice a year. So until I moved to South Africa, that was actually my second home. So now I guess it's my third home. Mm. Um, but yeah, the customs, the culture, the food. I still love making Indian food and eating Indian food. And my wedding, I had a big Indian wedding over three continents. Um, so it's a huge part of my identity is definitely the Wait. Indian aspect. Over three continents? Yeah, because we had an engagement in India. We had multiple events in Boston where my parents are. And then um, I also had a bridal shower in New York and a bachelorette weekend in Miami. And then we had another reception in South Africa. So it was 11 events on three continents at the end of it all. Uh, okay. Wow. Well, there you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> you know, anything else, CK? 
Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's essentially a TCK wedding. So you you, you, <laughs> you did that for sure. So so since you're you know now you're you're settled in uh, uh, Cape Town, is that where you see you know you raising your kids or any of that? Because obviously your husband is South African, right? Yeah, South yeah. African. I mean, that was kind of part of the deal when we got married is that this would be a permanent move, which I was more than happy to do. But since I've been here, too, I, it seems like such a great place to raise a family between the lifestyle, the weather, the work-life balance, the people. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to raising kids here, but with kind of a dual continent, you know, going back and forth as often as time can allow. Okay, so, yeah, you definitely want them to have that sense of... Uh... Uh, of your culture and well, both of your cultures and just so yeah. you know okay that's good that's good all right so let's transition here into your professional life uh obviously you do freelance writing can you can you talk a little bit about why you love that and then maybe why um different ways people can get into that okay well it's kind of what i've always wanted to do even when i was working as an editor at a magazine uh, most people don't realize that editors don't get to write so much because that's what the freelancers do um so i was always freelancing on the side a little bit so i could kind of keep the writing aspect of my career alive and um, so this was a great opportunity when I moved here to just jump into it full time because I already had all the great contacts and the credibility back in New York with the media scene there that I felt like it was worth at least giving it a shot. And um, it's, it's exactly what I want to do. I, I write what I want to write because I'm the one that's pitching the stories, it's coming up with the stories. So pretty mm -hmm. much everything I do is things that I have decided that I want to write about. Um, and it's lifestyle wise. I mean, I work from home. I can travel whenever I want because I can be working on the road as well. And like, you know, I was able to spend three weeks in India with my grandmother earlier this year because I was able to be continuing my assignments from there. So the flexibility is huge. Um, and then it obviously allows I can take on assignments all over the world, which is something that I'm really big on, obviously, as a travel writer. And I mean, it, there are downsides. It's lonely. Um, I definitely feel, you know, sitting here in my study all day in and out, and the only human interaction I have some days is my husband when he comes home. So that is a downside. But I mean, even there, you just, I try to set up meetings with different publicists and just different people throughout the week. And I try to work in the coffee shop every now and then just to kind of get out there and feel like I'm actually interacting with people. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think it's a great career. Um, it is hard though and financially it's very, very difficult because you don't make that much and I don't think I would have been able to do it living in New York because expenses are so high in New York. So I'm really lucky that I live in South Africa where expenses are pretty low to begin with and I have a husband and a home that you know we can share um, various expenses that way too which I didn't have in New York. Um, but yeah, like you, I think most people need to don't realize how hard it is to kind of really establish yourself and how little you might be making at the beginning. So it's always good to not jump into it a hundred percent. I think I think it's good to kind of maybe have your full time day job and start by doing it on the side. And when you're getting up to a point where you feel like I think I can get enough assignments out of this to make it work, that is probably the best time to jump over. Okay. No. Yeah. So the dual income definitely helps. And then uh, if someone's really trying to get into the career, they should maybe start off as you know a supplemental income with, with their day jobs and then gradually build into more full-time as they grow their contacts so definitely and especially if they don't have a media background or if they have a limited media background because you need to have whenever you're pitching a story to an editor you have to show them writing samples um so if you haven't been doing that a lot then you wouldn't really have any writing samples so a good way to kind of at least gather a good portfolio of work to show is by doing it part-time first before you make the transition okay. full-time. Right. 
And then do editors like to look at blogs? I mean, say, say for example, you have travel bloggers. Would they make good um, freelance writers? Or I don't know. I'm just curious. Um, I think it, it's probably very case by case. I think most editors, especially at bigger magazines, they tend to prefer people who've been published in other big titles. But oh. it's always worth trying because you might be able to offer a perspective or um, a style or a voice that is very unique that wouldn't be like another writer might not be able to do so it's definitely worth sending it but I would say that generally it's better to have published magazine newspaper online site clips than gotcha. just your blog no I hear you and, and um, obviously I've been I've been you know I've been tr reaching out to you for uh, a few months now and it seems like almost <laughs> yeah it seems like almost every time I talk to you you're traveling so <laughs> yeah. is, is that part of the assignment? So when you get an assignment, uh, they say, hey, can you travel to this country and go write about that? Or do you just dictate that yourself? It's a mix. Um, definitely some of it is the editors telling me I want you to do this. Um, they like sent me to Mozambique or to Morocco, things like that. Um, and then we just kind of work out a time that I can go. And like I said, since I'm my own boss. It's fairly flexible. I don't really have to ask for the time off. Um, and then sometimes it's my own trip. So I tagged along with my husband when he was going to the World Cup in Brazil, and then I got a couple of assignments out of that. And uh, so it's it's you know it's it's definitely it's a good mix of the two. So jealous, so jealous. I mean, the World <laughs> Cup. I, I was watching it from uh, from here, but I was uh, I was very jealous of other people. You know, <laughs> they went to. They went to I was jealous too. I was not at a single game. Like I said, I was just following my husband around on his trip with his cousin. I was not. I did not have tickets, so I was jealous too of the people that were actually watching the games. <laughs> okay, okay. Did you, who who did you support, by the way, for the? And uh, I'm not a soccer fan, which would probably explain why my husband didn't bother buying me tickets. But um, <laughs> he's a huge Argentina fan, like rabid. So by default, I guess Argentina, but also Brazil because the home team, it was like, you know, so much energy, great energy in Brazil that time. So okay. until they flopped out at the end, I feel like I was kind of rooting for them too. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, and USA was already out of it by the time I got there. Otherwise, I would have been that crazy girl screaming USA, USA everywhere. Hey, so. You know, USA did do well. I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was one of the People that wasn't sure that they were going to get out of that group, and then they certainly did, because uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. were in the group of death for sure. All right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, being a digital nomad, what is, you know, what are the best resources you found uh, to supplement, you know, your lifestyle? Because you know, obviously, you dictate your hours. You, you know, you, you use technology a lot, and it's, you know, you're with a computer and you're mobile. What's what's your um, go-to? You mean just sites and apps and things? Apps, sites, yeah. Um, I think just in general, obviously Skype, WhatsApp, just for communication, because I think that's one of the biggest things when you're on the road so much, keeping in touch with people. Um, Google Maps has been amazing. Google Translate, I mean, I was doing research for a story in Turkey a couple of months ago, and it was very, very difficult because people really don't speak English that much there. And I was like walking around in this neighborhood I was supposed to be reporting on, just typing things into my Google Translate and showing it to them. And they'd be, take my phone and type the answer back. It was amazing how much <laughs> I was able to get done that way. So I think that is invaluable. Um, other than that, I mean, Twitter and Facebook, don't underestimate their, their importance, I think, especially, I mean, first of all, just to keep in touch, but also as much as, um, you know, news sites and stuff are good, how much can you really keep tabs on, right, of what's going back home, whereas, yeah. going on back home, I mean, whereas 
because I most of my friends are still American and I see what issues and, and topics and you know news stories are blowing up back home that I probably wouldn't know about right away over here because I'd have to dig through a lot of sites to see what people care about. So I think, you know, to stay on top of news that matters to people that matter to you, it's just, you know, you look at your news feed and you see what people are posting. So that's been good. Evernote, I think, is also a great app that I, because whenever I'm on the road and I see something that I feel like might be a good, make for a good story idea, but I don't have time to flesh it out, I just have a little, I just add it to my Evernote and then I can go back and refer to it later. Yeah. Um, so I think probably some of the biggest ones. Yeah, no, I, I love Evernote. I use Evernote on Google Drive all the time. I think I've started to use more Google Drive more, but I just, yeah, yeah you know, when you're writing. All my article writing in Google Google Drive, which exactly. I know sounds funny, but um, my computer crashed a couple years ago and I lost everything. And I was like, ever since then, I do all my writing in Google Drive and just copy and paste it whenever I need to send it out. Exactly. I do the same thing. Even with my MBA courses, when I'm writing, uh, <laughs> assignments yeah. and stuff like that. I'm just writing it here because I'm always yeah. afraid it's gonna crash. But um, yeah, for sure. And social media. I mean, that was how we met. I, I, I you know, yeah. I, um, for those that don't know, I was I was uh, cyber stalking her. So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, you know, on Twitter, I, I, I think I saw an article that you had written um, before I started to do this, and then I sort of I saw the pattern there, and then I was like, I'm gonna reach out to her this day. Maybe she'll be here. <laughs> She's in New York. All right. <laughs> but um, no, I think social media, I think it, it, it makes the world a lot flatter. I think it's a lot easier to connect. Um, and I think if, if you use it effectively, um, like you said, no matter where you are in the world, it definitely helps uh, you, especially um, with uh, reaching out to people. So Definitely. Very much. Um, I, we already talked about how you've, I guess, you've dealt with the feeling of home. Um, you know, you, you said you know, part of you always feels like it's American, but now you're, you're, you know, you like you love Cape Town and all that. So, my next question would be, my mission statement is, use your difference to make a difference. So, how, Sarah, do you use your difference to make a difference? Um. Well, I feel like it's just, it's not even a conscious thing. I think it's just by living in my multiple identities and trying to be the best that I can and try to show off as much of those different identities to different groups of people. So it's kind of an almost inherent and natural byproduct of almost existing because for example, one of the identities that I'm most proud of that is very misunderstood is the fact that I'm, I'm Muslim. And especially in America these days, Islam is very, you know, like viewed with a lot of suspicion. But I think just living my life and you know surrounding myself by with people that might not be that familiar with it but letting them ex like exposing them to me and how quote unquote normal hopefully that I am yeah I no. think kind of wake something up in them where they like I might be the first Muslim they meet I might be the only Muslim they meet but it might kind of jog something in them that like oh this isn't what I see in the media this isn't what I was afraid of or what I thought of so I really feel like it's just a matter of living your life and highlighting everything about you that makes you unique and then hoping that people just kind of are exposed to that and take that however they will. Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm from Nigeria where um, it's a large Muslim and Christian, Christian population. Uh, uh, the Islam is a little bit more. We have 50% and, and then 40% Christian. So I'm Christian, oh. but I have a grandma who's Muslim. And then I had some friends that I went to high school with who are Muslim, but it's, you can... You know, it's, it's like what you're saying. It's not um, necessarily how the media portrays it. So, it's I think you saying that is definitely cool. And you're from India. You've got the the Hindu and Islam. You know where, um, 
you know, I'm not sure. I think Hindu is a little bit more, right? Yeah, no, that, definitely yeah. it's a majority. Muslims are a minority there, but yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not Muslim, a Hindu personally, but like I'm definitely familiar with that culture to some extent. Gotcha. So yeah, it's almost like you know, uh, you definitely you live in your you're showing that this is not how it is to be a you yeah. know Muslim. Um, and it seems like you're doing a good job with that. Okay, so that's one way. And then when did you really, you know, how did you over uh, just become that uh, person that embraced the the global identity? Because obviously, you know, you were born in Canada, and mm-hmm. then uh, you know you, you lived in several countries, and then. At what point did you say, I like this multicultural thing. I'm just, you know, I'm going to stick with it. This is who I am, and I just want to live this kind of lifestyle. That's a really good question. I think um, when I was young, it just it came without even thinking about it, right? Because I, I grew up in Saudi Arabia for the most part. My- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Elementary school, and I went to an American international school there with kids from like 50 different countries, and that was just the way I knew life to be, is that everyone's from somewhere cool, someone's going to fly to Rome for the weekend, you know, it was just, that's just how things were. It didn't occur to me that everyone wasn't exposed to this growing up. You know, you learn how to swear in 15 different languages during recess. (laughs) That's just how it works, right? Yeah. And then... When I was 13, the most awkward time in my life, uh, I moved, my family moves me to this very um, boring suburb of Massachusetts where I was just really, really different. And I'm not going to lie, I hated it because I was 13 and that's the worst time to be going through any major change like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And people like didn't really understand me. I mean, it's not, it was just, I was like this girl who had an American accent but said she was from Saudi Arabia but was said she was Indian and I think it was just too much and for me and for them and so I actually that was the point where I was like I don't want to live here anymore and that's when I went and lived in India with my grandparents and that was a great experience and because I had already been really familiar with India growing up and it was even there I was actually they would make fun of me there too because I was this funny girl with an American accent that came out of nowhere but I think for some reason, in that two-year time, pay- time period that I was in India, I just really did grow up, and I really learned to appreciate different parts of my life and all these different things that kind of made me who I was and that made me unique. And so after two years there, I moved back to the States for high school, and that's when I, I think I really started kind of blooming and blossoming and really embracing my identity because I feel like that's when I, I wasn't awkward anymore and I wasn't nervous about it, and I was fine with telling people about who I was and where I came from and you know, and people obviously 
as I probably should have expected, were really open and welcoming too. So I yeah. think it took these like little hiccups in my awkward years before I realized, hey, what I am is actually really kind of cool. Exactly. No, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I had such a similar story with yeah. mine. But I mean, isn't it funny how, you know, when, whenever you move, because, you know, you said you moved 13, I moved when I was 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, the accent, my accent was a lot stronger then. And then, you know, different international schools. And then you mm-hmm. come back home and it's like, hey, I'm home. But yeah. Everybody's like, but you're not home because yeah. you're not us. And then it's, uh, then you, but you go through that. I, I almost think that's that's necessary for you to understand that, um, you know, the world is different, but it's okay for you to be different in it. And um, yeah. I, th- I see it as an education opportunity as well because it's, you're, you're fighting startups. Like, you, you know, I mean, you, you, you might not look the way you sound, you might not sound the way you look, but someone can learn something from you. Uh, just by talking to you and then they obviously get educated in that way. So, yeah, definitely. So then what would you, what, oh, sorry, go ahead. Essay, I called my college essay something about, I guess, yeah, I don't remember exactly what I called it, but it was basically about the premise of me being quote unquote homeless and that I didn't have a place that I called home, but I felt like I was really blessed because I had a lot of different places I called home. Exactly. Um, and, and that's, and that's the, the real good thing about, you know, being a nomad in a TCK. It's like, you don't you don't have to choose one um exactly, exactly. You, can, you can choose many so wait i'm, I'm just curious right now because you you were talking about your younger self uh obviously it's puberty a different period and then you're uh obviously going through many other changes than any other normal teenager would so uh-huh. <laughs> what would you tell 13 year old sarah if you were to give her a piece of advice would you say what would you say? Well, 13-year-old Sarah, I'd be like, don't be so self-conscious. But I think 15-year-old Sarah kind of got the hang of that. Mm. Um, so what I would tell 15-year-old Sarah, who moved to America in high school and was all excited to be all-American girl, is to travel more. Because I grew up traveling um, what, until I was 13 when I was in, living in Saudi, especially. And um, it was always kind of a second. Like I feel like I was always at an airport and running into people I knew at an airport. But then, for some reason, in my high school and early in college and early twenties, I didn't really travel so much. I think I kind of liked the idea of being in one place, um, and it just felt like it was just very different from my childhood. So I think I really just sort of became a bit of a homebody in a way. Like, and I didn't even study abroad in college for that very reason because I wanted to kind of be in one place from start to finish because I'd never had that in high school or any anything else. And so I feel like I look back at that with a lot of regret because as much as I had this awesome childhood, I feel like my late teens and early 20s, I kind of wasted. I did travel to India frequently because that's where my, my grandparents were. And mm. uh, I feel I did one, I think I went to Spain when I was in college. But other than that, I mainly kind of stayed local. And I think that was actually a big mistake because I thought at that point, I would miss out on things if I went around. But then what I realize now is I would have just actually gained so much more. So I think um, since my mid-20s, I've been kind of playing catch-up on that and traveling as much as I can. But I think that there's you can never travel too much. And I really would have told my younger self to not just feel like I should just stick around that much. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, one, of, one of the people I've interviewed earlier, and he, he says he travels for discovery. Uh, it's gonna be of himself, and I, you know, I thought that was really profound because, obviously, the world is a lot bigger than you know any one of us can imagine, uh, and we we learn something new every day, and 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 you know, traveling, you meet different people, you experience different situations that that impact you as a person. So it's uh, you can never stop growing. 
Um, yeah. And, and that's the thing, especially when you're living in the States, it's so easy to feel isolated from the rest of the world and to feel so insular. And even if you're living in a place as cosmopolitan in New York, you're still so far removed and you're kind of in a bubble. Right. And I feel like you really need to push yourself out of that comfort zone. I think I got a little too complacent and too comfortable. Um, and I think you really need to push yourself out and see what's going on in the world just to make yourself a better person. Gotcha. No, no I, I agree. And, um, I, I, it's funny you're saying that because I during my college years I found myself doing that. So, on the mm -hmm. the first trip I that that we had, there was a I'm doing air quotes here. We had a business trip that we could go for class, but it was mm -hmm. to Greece, Rome, and Turkey. Oh God! So I said, "Hey," uh, then I I told Dad, "I said, hey, Dad, you know we got this class. You know, you know, <laughs> I should probably go." Yeah. <laughs> cool. Like wouldn't want me to to not get a good grade would you yeah yeah i mean i'm gonna get an a for sure i'll just yeah. visit all the sites but then you know i went there and, and it was amazing um definitely one of the best experiences and then you know i fell in love with mediterranean food and i i don't know if you've seen uh you know sisterhood of traveling pants or my big fat greek wedding yeah you know? yeah so we went to the greek islands and we yeah. I, you know we were all saying the typical Greek says, but it was, it was it was amazing just the people there and how warm they were. So uh, definitely reminded me that this is something I need to do more. So yeah, for sure. Definitely. Okay. Um, on that vein, there with there, how do you see TCK's impact in the world with you know globalization, people traveling all over? Well, I think the world is becoming a smaller place, so I think more and more people are exposed to different cultures and, you know, different people that they might not have ever crossed paths with 10, 15 years ago. But I think um, TCKs are really unique because they kind of embody a lot of different personalities and identities in one person. So you don't have to, you know, to, to meet me, you're meeting someone who's lived in five different countries. So I feel right. like TCKs bring so many different perspectives, so many different backgrounds, really interesting awareness of the world to the table. So if you're going to interact with a TCK in any capacity, in any job, in any leadership role, I feel like you're going to get a much more nuanced perspective of what's out there. Um, and I really think that's invaluable. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. Um, this is This next question is... Uh, it's a little bit more for me, but I'm very, I'm still curious. I think a lot of people out there want to know. So uh, Nelson Mandela, biggest role mm -hmm. model for me, the late Nelson Mandela, biggest role model for me. One of my uh, living role models is, uh, is Oprah Winfrey. She has a school in South Africa. Can you tell me what it's like to, to live in South Africa? Because um, uh, I, I know, I know, I often get asked, what's the capital of Africa, but Africa is not a country. So yeah. I, want, I want people to, yeah, because I'm in the West Africa side and it's completely different from South, Southern yeah. Africa. So I want you to tell me and the world really what it's like in South Africa and what it's like in maybe the difference with Pretoria, Cape Town, and Joburg, okay. uh, Johannesburg. Yeah, basically Cape Town's the most beautiful city in the world. Um, I know I sound... Bias, bias, bias. But <laughs> yeah. No, but you have to, I mean, it's it's stunning. It's absolutely the mountains, the 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 historic architecture, the ocean, it's like absolutely gorgeous. And the lifestyle here is very laid back. Um, I feel like the, well, first of all, the, just backing up a bit, I think it's most people don't realize when you come to South Africa, it actually feels very European. So when you come here, it feels like this kind of cross between San Francisco and Amsterdam. And I, it's just, it's just, it's not what you, many people probably expect to see when they're picturing Africa. And right. then on top of that, Cape Town is just absolutely stunning, like I said. And it's got much more of a kind of California vibe, I think. It's people in Cape Town tend to be more laid back. Whereas Johannesburg is much more the New York City of South Africa, where that's where all the big businesses, that's where you go to make it. 
that's where um, just everything happens, all the action is, and people are, you know, as you would expect, then a lot more maybe stressed out and um, yeah. kind of just, on, you know, on the go. Um, Pretoria, it's kind of an offshoot of, of Joburg because it's really close to Joburg. That's kind of where the more the government places are. I haven't spent much time there, though, so I don't really know too much about the vibe there. And then Durban is the third city that um, people really think of after Cape Town and Joburg. And I think it's beautiful. And I really think it needs to get a bit more attention globally because it's just this beautiful city on the beach, um, warm water, because Cape Town Ocean is actually really cold because it's on the Atlantic. Right. But they're on the Indian Ocean, warm water, great beaches. The food is insane because it's actually home to one of the biggest Indian communities outside of India. Gotcha. So you get tons of great Indian food. And just like a lot more um, multicultural, I think, in some ways. Okay. So, so those are like the big cities. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, I mean, languages-wise, everyone kind of speaks English. Um, there is Afrikaans, but I've never felt the need to know it. It's not like, it's not really spoken that widely. Um, I mean, it, it's spoken widely like at home, but most business and everything takes place in English. And then, I mean, there are multiple African languages, which I have not even begun to be able to learn <laughs> yeah. yet. So that's probably... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got Zulu, uh, Hosa, I can't do that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, all right. Wait, what's, uh, what's your best South African accent if you can actually do it? Oh, I can't. I'm actually, I've always been terrible with accents, and I, I cannot do it. Ah, okay, all right. Sorry. Okay, so basically what I heard from you is, and what the world can hear is, you've got a little bit of New York, you got a little bit of San Francisco, you got some California, and Pretoria mm-hmm. could probably be like the D.C. in terms of yeah. government. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, Africa is not Lion King people. Um, yeah. Uh, again, you know, so it's it's a lot more. Um, South Africa definitely go. And according to Sarah, it, Cape Town is the most beautiful city in the world. So. Really. Okay. Really. All right. <laughs> All right we're, we're almost wrapping up here, but um, as a travel uh travel writer and uh, freelance writer, I feel it'll be almost criminal not to ask <laughs> you <laughs> these next set of questions. So, what has been the most exciting uh place that you've got an assignment oh on assignment um well i actually i'm just back from the baltics and i know it sounds kind of random but it's it's stunning and i was actually really surprised by how much i liked it it wouldn't call it exciting by any means it was pretty quiet but i was just it's a very underrated place and i really think people should get that way more um, another kind of exciting assignment was Mozambique. I went to the Kermbus Archipelago um, to this island called Ibo. But again, I don't know if, if exciting is, is judged by adventure and things like that. I guess these don't qualify. But this was just like this stunning island that's basically like lost at the edge of time because um, there's all these beautiful colonial buildings that were left abandoned. So it has this very haunting quality to it. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess Morocco is probably a pretty exciting place. Um, no, yeah, no, so, I mean, excited is t- totally subjective here to you. I, yeah. I, want you, I want you to feel like... Then uh, I would say, I guess I would probably say the Baltics trip just because it was an amazing road trip adventure and it was just not nothing what I was expecting. Gotcha. Baltics. Um, that's good. I haven't been there, so I, I should go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about, okay, out of, have you been to every continent? Um, no, I haven't been to Australia, New Zealand yet, or Antarctica. Okay, I, it would, and that's that's the next step for you, or would you want to go to any of those? 
I'm dying to go to New Zealand. Um, Australia, obviously, I would like to go to too, but New Zealand is super high on my bucket list. And then Antarctica, I mean, I'm basically, it's the next stop from Cape Town, so I feel like I should get down there at some point. <laughs> and it's true. I didn't even, I was I didn't even remember that. That is very, very true. Um, but yeah. It, it's still a long haul. It's not like it's Yeah, but it's closer than it was in Massachusetts. So, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like I already know what you're going to say for this, but country with the best food. Oh, that's actually tough because South Africa actually has the best food. I'm not joking. I've gained 30 pounds in the year and a half since I've lived here. So South Africa has phenomenal food. But India, I mean, come on. Indian I food. Knew I, knew, I, I knew it. I knew you were going to say Indian food. <laughs> I keep being so predictable. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just, no, I, I just, I just have, because I, I have, I have a lot of Indian friends and um, they, they often joke with me because the, there's this joke. I love spicy food. But for some yeah. reason, I, I guess you know, in, in you know, my Indian friends often think that they can eat more spice food than I can. And we have we've yet to have this competition. So all we do, <laughs> all we do is just trash talk, and then they're always saying, "Well, you don't know what type of food we have," and oh. I say, "You don't know what type of food we have." But Indian I think food, you have to have this contest. I feel like I should be out there judging this competition. I think you should, and uh, <laughs> we can arrange that. But it, it's an endless uh, trash talking <laughs> session because, um, I you know, Indian food obviously. Is amazing and uh, a lot of spices there, which I absolutely adore. So Indian food for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Music. Music. I love Indian music. I feel like this is getting to be pretty obvious what I'm going to say for <laughs> uh, So, Oh, you're going to say, so for, if, I say, if I ask you for movies, you'd say Bollywood too? I mean, come on. Is that even a question? Bollywood's awesome. Although, I mean, it's between Bollywood and Hollywood, I guess. Those are pretty. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. One. This one, I'm not sure you would say Hindi for. So, if I, you know, I, um, I, I hate stereotypes, but sometimes it creeps in. So, which country did you um, go into thinking, you you know, oh, I don't know what to expect, and then you came out like, hmm, that was a pleasant surprise. People, hmm. there, people there were a little different. Like, you mean I was expecting them to not be nice? Or to be nicer than you thought. Just something that, that came, uh, gave you a different experience than what you thought you were going to get going into it. Um, I think, actually, and I know this is going to also just sound cliche, but South Africa. Because I really planned my trip here on a whim, my first vacation here. And it was I had like two weeks to plan it. I really had no expectations. And I wasn't really expecting to even interact with too many locals. I kind of had like a tour set up and everything and um, I mean obviously I met my husband but I met my husband because I met a few other um, friends of friends of friends people I'd never met who lived out here and they were just incredibly friendly and they were the ones that ended up having a hangout where my husband was at but I was just really surprised by how people were going out of the way like the day we landed these girls picked us up at our hotel not knowing us who we are like for no reason like they just picked us up and showed us around and I feel like since I've moved here, I've seen that too. People are just so friendly here, and I'm coming from New York, so I'm like, if if you're t if you tell me you have a distant friend coming to visit New York, you're lucky if I send you a restaurant recommendation, let alone try to meet up with you, you know. So I feel like I was really pleasantly surprised by the people here, and I think the fact that I'm married one is evidence of that. No, I I can definitely see that happening because uh you know I, you know when I was reading your blog, I was reading. The Bysarkan.com. Uh, sorry, bysarkan.com. I'll, I'll let you say more about your different side soon. But um, yeah, I was captivated by the stories, and then I remember reading your biography, and then you were saying you went on a whim, fell in love, 
And uh, I was I was saying that that you know that's one of the got to be one of the best experiences when you go there and you're not expecting anything, and then all of a sudden it's the best city to you. You meet yeah. the, you meet the love of your life. You mm-hmm. you you have the second best food <laughs> in the world. So it seems like uh, that's a good experience. All right, all right. Well, I, I sort of alluded to earlier. Where can we find you? What are you up to? And what's the best way you know to reach you? Um, well, I think if you just remember the the by Sarah Khan, you can get me anywhere with that. That's my website that has my portfolio, all my writing assignments. That is my uh, Twitter and my Instagram. And then I also have a blog where I kind of just I haven't updated as much as I should, but I've been working on it now a bit more. Where I kind of have stuff that actually helpful resources for people coming to Cape Town, but also just kind of my experiences in South Africa. And it is called, fittingly, the South African. So that's S-O-U-T-H-A-F-R-I-K-H-A-N.com. Um, so that's kind of got a bit more personal stuff on there than my Bicericon site would. So that's pretty much it. No, I, I love the, the play on words there, the, uh, you know, South African. So that's, yeah, that's, thank that's, you. that's amazing. Oh, well, uh, this has been a pleasure, Sarah. This has been amazing. Um, oh, my. Thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. You you educated me. Now I feel like I'm really missing out by not having been in India and, and South Africa because I've missed out on the best two uh, the countries mm-hmm. there, one of the best two countries. But, well, let me know anytime you're going to either. I am happy to, well, if you're in South Africa, I'm happy to show you around. For India, I'm happy to give you tips. So um, I, it's time to start booking that flight. All right. I, I, I'll definitely do that. But I'm still going to say I'm going to win my spicy eating competition. So I'm gonna <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> in November, if you want me to come and judge it when I'm in the States. Okay. All right. All right. That, that might just work. All right. But um, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Sarah. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.